talk with Doc. Hope everything's going good with you. Everything's pretty good with me. I ain't got no complaints. I'm not going to try to make up stuff that don't exist. But I want to talk to some people out there who might be a member of the Zipper Club. What in the world is the Zipper Club, you might say? Zipper Club are people who have done open heart surgery. I have never talked about this publicly, but I feel it's almost going on 10 years. It's time to actually maybe give somebody some hope, some faith, some strength that they don't know that they have, that you can come through this on the other side. Maybe not as good as you were, but even better in certain aspects. So make long story short, November 11, 2011, went to work, normal day, felt normal. Everything was great. Got on the Q train, leaving 30 Rock to head home. Ran into a buddy of mine for five minutes. I did not drink, didn't use drugs, so there was nothing like that going on. I get on the Q train, I start sweating, I mean like pouring sweat. Didn't know what the hell was going on at all. Pouring sweat, I'm groggy, my eyes are crossed, I can barely see. But I had promised my wife that I was gonna make it home with dinner that night. And so I got off the train just to get some air, to get myself together. I got back on the train. Even though this is New York City, you run into people that you see each and every day. Now I am talking pouring, where it is literally a puddle underneath me. And people who see me on the train every single day, nobody reached out and even asked me, how you doing, dude? Anything. So I'm proceeding home. I finally get to my stop. I can barely move. I mean, barely move. Now, I'm not feeling any what you call physical pain. Not in any physical pain, but I'm mentally stressed by how my body's reacting and how I want my body to react. It took me a normal 10-minute walk, no joke, over three and a half hours to make it home. Why I didn't stop, I guess because I'm a lunatic, why I didn't call 911, I guess because I'm crazy. Why didn't I reach out to my wife and have her come get me? I don't know. I don't have answers. I will admit that confusion did settle into my brain. Once again, my body was not feeling anything. So I don't know what's going on. I get home, finally. I actually made it to the restaurant and picked up food because I'm crazy. I'm a man of my word when I make a promise. If it kills me, literally kills me, I am going to keep my word. It's just how I'm built. I had no idea that this day was going to be the last day that I ever worked for anybody. It was going to be the last day that I had to put on shoes, shirt, tie, and go into an office. I did not know that this day was going to be a life-changing day. So the next day, I should have went to the hospital. I advise you, if you're in this situation, go to the hospital that night. You don't know what's going on. I decide I'm going to go home. I actually tell my wife, under no circumstances, I'm going to, to the hospital tonight. I do not want to be in an emergency room. But the next day, we go to the emergency room. And I'm talking about the break of dawn. We get there. I'm in the emergency room. The nurses and the doctors, they're trying to figure out what's going on with me. I have this super high temperature. My heart is pacing. So they give me some kind of test, echocardiogram or something like that. And they come to the conclusion that I might have suffered a heart attack. 
Now, I had never had any heart issues before. It does not run in my family, so I'm an anomaly. This is a special situation. A nurse comes from the back who I had never met before. She was so unprofessional, and she said, Sir, you're in heart failure. They gave me this magic shot of Lasix. Lasix is a water. You get it in a pill form. When you're in distress, they give it to you as a shot. This thing caused me to piss or pee, urinate, however you want to say it. We can keep it ghetto. We can keep it however. This thing caused me to urinate for maybe five or six minutes. I guess my lungs were full of water. I had never felt so good before in my life. I could have literally dunked a basketball at five foot nothing. I could have jumped up right that second. You would have given me a ball. I would have scored the winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. That's how good I felt. But we knew that something was wrong. I did not like the vibe at the hospital after this nurse approached me and told me such a life-changing thing like she said. But I got lucky enough that a doctor was on call. And this doctor reached out to me, gave me his card, and said, if you come see me tomorrow, I will walk with you and hold your hand through this whole entire process from beginning to end, no matter where it takes you. And sure enough, the next day I go see him. Now, here's the part that you must do. I took and gave him my word that I would be a good patient. I would listen to the instructions that was given to me, and I would follow them to the best of my abilities. So I go... And he sends me to another place to get a test to see if I need a stent. Where they put the camera in your leg and they shoot this dye and stuff in your heart and they take a peek. And I told him I didn't want to do it today. He was like, if you need me to be your doctor, if you want me to be your doctor, your butt better be where I'm sending you right now. So I go. I'm getting this test. Everything is going right to the very last drop of ink. They send the ink, and they see three blocked vessels, three blocked arteries. Now I'm being told that you can no longer get a stent that will fix this and move on with your life. You now need surgery. So I went to one hospital, and I went to this hospital because I liked the location. It wasn't far from my home, but I never felt a good vibe with the doctor. But I'm still hanging in there still hanging in there because I'm trying to be this good patient, quote unquote. So he sets me up for surgery sometime in late November. I get to the hospital and it was actually, I had to check in on the Sunday. I checked in on the Sunday for a Monday surgery. When I got in the hospital, I had this vibe that they didn't really know what to do with me because he told me I would now have to stay in the hospital for seven days before they performed the surgery. And I was like, no, I want to go back home if that's the case. Why should I sit here and have this on my mind? See, this is why you have to realize that sometimes you don't have to just give in to things. You have the ability, if something's not right, no matter what that is in your life, if something's not right, you put up a fight. So I told him, I'm checking out of here. So the very next day, which was Monday morning, I had a room doctors, people trying to convince me, getting my wife on the phone, giving her horror stories. If he leaves, he dies, blah, blah, blah. See, I didn't feel that in my heart. I didn't feel that in my soul. I didn't feel that that was my last day. But I felt that if he put his hands on me, it was going to be my last day. So I wound up checking out and then going to 
taking my records and bringing them to another hospital. Now, I'm claustrophobic. I'm really super claustrophobic. So I can't get an MRI. So that put me behind an eight ball as far as certain tests. But they ran every test that they possibly could to see what was going on with me, minus the MRI. And I know that some of you can't handle MRIs, but if you can, do it. But if you can't, that's not the end-all, be-all. Don't let a doctor tell you that they can't evaluate you without an MRI. So on 12-12-11, I finally get this surgery. This surgery lasted 11 and a half hours. I woke up the next day. My wife was there. I was confused. I got tubes coming in and out of everywhere. I can't speak. I can't, I can't focus. I still can't breathe. I'm coughing up blood. I mean, it was a big thing. I wound up staying in the hospital additional 14 days. Now, what happened from there was eventually got the strength and I went home around Christmas. But what I messed up, and I don't want you to mess up, is I started rushing myself. I started rushing myself to get back to normality when I didn't have the right to do so. I wish that I would have taken time. I started doing things that I shouldn't, like walking longer than I shouldn't. I started lifting things that I shouldn't. I actually helped myself move from New York to North Carolina within a year span of time, less than a year span of time. I went to Vegas, I went to New York on a trip. I was trying to recapture my mind that I was normal. And come to find out, 2018, I'm right back in the same boat that I began in. Now I'm back in a hospital, but this time it's worse because I'm signing DNRs. And that's do not resuscitate. I am now signing my own death warrant if something happens. That's not an easy thing to do, but that's something that you must do. If you love your family, sometimes you have to ease them. It was a hard thing. My wife sat there with the nurse, and the nurse almost cried. She was like, this is a young man, and he's signing it. Do not resuscitate. So at the last minute, and I mean the 11th minute, they come up with this other way instead of cracking my chest open again. Because I'm a fairly big guy. Big, muscular, I'm thick. So I don't have just wires. I have what they call talons. These talons are these like screws that keep my chest plate together. So now I'm sitting there and I'm saying, man, they're going to crack my chest. I remember what that was like. I didn't want to go through that again. So they came up with this thing called a tether. A tether is where they go through your leg with a vein and it's arthroscopic and they replace the valve through this process. And I tell you now, it has been now three years. I have never felt better since 2011. I took it easy. The pandemic has helped me recover. I have not done anything foolish. I haven't went on any trips. I haven't really even extend, uh, uh, extended myself beyond my normal limits. I no longer go to the gym and try to bench for 300 pounds. I use, like I explained last week, now I'm into using bands. I use bands and calisthenics. I've slowed down. There's still no drinking. There's still no drugs. And there never will be. I don't drink a drop of alcohol because if you've been there, you know that there's medications involved. So you take it easy, you take a chill pill, 
and you try to hold on. Now, if there's anybody out there, I don't care who you are, and I don't care what country you're in, if you need somebody to speak to, if you need somebody to correspond with, if you need somebody to just text back and forth because you're going through this situation and you feel alone or you don't feel like you're being supported by your doctors or your friends, because trust me, I thought I had great buddies. They let me sit in these hospitals for weeks on end and barely visiting. I'm not ashamed to say it because I didn't do it. They did it to me. I had certain people who were there, certain people who were always there. But the mass majority of people disappear. When you're ill, you find out who really is in your corner when you're ill. And one thing I will say, I think that jobs have to work out something a little better. I think that they can call your loved ones and see how much correspondence that you want for people from office you work with. Because it took my job two months for anybody to even contact me to find out if I was dead or alive. And to me, that's wrong. And when they did contact me, they contacted me with just a card in the mail. Sure, it was signed by everybody in the office, and that's a sweet sentiment. But you know what would have been nice? A phone call when you're sitting around at 2 o'clock in the afternoon doing nothing. That would have been a beautiful thing. So I think that offices, jobs, employers need to come up with a different way without revealing what you're going through. That's on you. You have the right to either say or don't say what's happening with you. Nobody could take that away from you. But there has to be a way that these people who you deal with daily, almost as much as family members, can reach out to you. And that really hurt me. That bothered me a lot. That I was, I didn't hear from anybody. Not text anything. It's like they sent out a memo into office and said, "Don't bother him." And I don't think that's cool because support is support. But getting back to what I was saying, if you need any kind of support, you just need somebody to talk to. You need a little bit of a way. You take medications that are making you feel a certain way, and you want another ear or you feedback. Strange Talk with Doc is here for you. Reach out to me. Go to my webpage. Give me a mail, and I promise you I will get back to you. I hope that this helps somebody. You might not, like I said, be back to 100%, but if you can get back to 80% of who you were before and you got a different mind frame, that 80 is going to feel like 125. So stay strong. Be strong. Follow instructions. Watch how you live. If your body tells you something's wrong, it's never usually lying. It says, if it's shouting to you, I'm in pain and I'm in too much pain and I'm in too much pain all the time, reach out and get that checked. You got one life, one life to live only on this planet. As far as I know, I've never seen anybody who says, you know what, I'm about third time around. And you know what, I'm going to leave it at that. I mean, I've been on this subject now for 15 minutes, and I think I spoke enough. So, I just want to say rest in peace to a few people. Doc Hakoto, first black man to play a Bond villain. A Bond villain. He passed away at the age of 81. He also was in Aliens. Two movies I absolutely love. So, rest in peace to Doc Hakoto. The man who inspired the Amityville horror Ronald DeFord died at 69. 
And this was the dude who killed his mother, his father, and his four siblings while they were in their beds in 1974. I say to him, go fuck yourself and you're just dead. Okay? COVID cases are up to 30 million people. 539,000 people have died. 125 million people have now been vaccinated. I am not among that number. Worldwide, 119 million cases and 2.7 million people have lost their lives to COVID. Now, here's the funny thing. Miami opens up. Florida opens up. Yet, Miami Beach, because they have these spring breakers. Now, a lot of people are going to say this. This is due to racism, etc. They have imposed a curfew after 8 p.m. to like 6 a.m. And they actually extended that curfew yesterday all the way to April 12th. Now, San Pedro Beach in Texas, which is more of a white spring break place, they didn't have these restrictions. Kids were running around with no mask. They were doing the same thing that these black kids are doing in Miami, which is supposedly an open uh, state. So the, this, the defense attorney for Derek Chauvin has asked the uh, judge for a delay. He said the judge, uh, which was named Peter Cahill, said he's going to take Eric Nelson, the attorney, request under advisement. And as of right now, we don't know how that's going. I believe they picked all the jurors. Now they have to pick the alternates. And we'll see how that goes because the eyes are watching this Derek Chauvin case very closely. Very, very close. I didn't get to do any gun shopping last week. I wish that I could update you on what I brought, how I like it, etc. But I did get my holster, and I like my holster. But because we had storms and threats of storms, quote, unquote, we had the threat of this massive storm coming through. It changed all my um, appointments for last week because I didn't want to be stuck on a highway and pouring down rain was blinding because sometimes we get rain that is blinding. You can't even see two cars in front of you, and I didn't want to put myself in that situation. A little boy named Legend Small was shot in the head by the Houston police. They were stopping a carjacker who happened to take control of a car his mother was driving, hopping her on her lap and proceed to drive the car. Now, I don't know what kind of procedure this says that you opened into a car that has innocent people in there. First of all, the mother's in there. They said they didn't know that this infant was in there. But I'm wishing the best for Mr. Smalls. Little Mr. Smalls, man, grow up, have a great life, be strong. I, I wish you nothing but love. This world owes you for what you've just been through at such a tender age. This freaking idiot, Robert Allen Long, 21-year-old, who kills three, I mean, eight people in Atlanta in those massage parlor shootings. He has this freaking Jay Baker, the captain of the Cherokee Sheriff Department, back him, act like he was his defense attorney. First, he claims a sexual addiction. Then he says that he was having a really bad day. And he was taking out the spas to take away his temptation. This man is an abomination. Jay Baker, the captain of the Cherokee Sheriff's Office, should be fired. He should be fired instantly. First of all, 
he finally had to be removed from the case because they found anti-China T-shirts that he was liking on his social media. When are people going to learn? Your social media doesn't go away, and it says a lot about who you are and what you like. And we got a major problem in Atlanta. Not only do we have a problem with this Jay Baker, but the mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms, and the police chief, Rodney Bryant. I mean, they're giving too much doubt. They're allowing white privilege to reign in this case. They are coming up with ways and reasons not to call this a hate crime. And I stand with the Asian community. This is a hate crime. I don't give a damn if it's hate against women. That's hate. If it's, you are targeting unarmed people who are just going about their daily business. You're armed. It's not a fair fight. You didn't leave your house. And if you left your house with the intention to do permanently bodily harm to somebody who cannot defend themselves, you have a reason. And just because a killer, a mass murderer says he didn't do something for a certain reason, we should believe him? Would you believe me? Would you give me the same benefit of the doubt that you give this animal Aaron Long, Robert Aaron Long? No, you would not have. When a black man, Hispanic man, goes out and kills two people, let alone eight people, you don't take his word for anything. You call him the lowest of the low. And why can't we treat this guy the same way? I'm surprised they didn't take this fucker for lunch and get him a massage before they arrested him. So the Vatican, who last year I was given props to because of some of the statements that Francis made about the LBGT. Q community, he's completely backtracked. He's now not going to approve same-sex lifestyles because God cannot bless sin. But this is the same church, and this, I'm a part of this. This is how I grew up. This is what I believe in. They have never come down on pedophilia the way they come down on gays, and that is a problem to me. There is a major problem when you don't come down on pedophilia, rampant pedophilia within your own organization, and you point fingers at gay people who are like everybody else. They're in horrible relationships. They're in abusive relationships. They're in loving relationships. They're in productive relationships. No different than heterosexual relationships except for same sex. You know? I don't know all the particulars, but it looks like our U.S. borders are out of control, people. We need to do something. I mean, do we need to go to the extremes that Trump was going to? No. But Biden and Harris and their cabinet and Senate have got to come up with something. We don't want crimes against humanity happening at our borders. We don't want people dying there. We don't want kids being separated from their parents. So something has to happen, you know. And then we got this tablet. This Texas Republican, Chip Roy, who, quote-unquote, says there's an old saying in Texas about find a rope in Texas, find all the rope in Texas, and get a tall oak tree. For the most part, give or take some cattle rustles, the people who have been hung the most in this country have been blacks and Asians. And to use this kind of terminology in the Senate while you are talking about anti-hate crimes is ridiculous, man. But 
Trump opened a floodgate of foolishness that seemed like we cannot recover from. I don't know if it's going to take a decade or two decades for us to get our senses back, but we have been, for lack of a better term, we have been retarded. This country has been dumbed down to the point where there's nothing that we can do that intelligence reigns supreme. It's going to take a while for us to even come to grips when the person is able to put a sentence together who stands in front of a microphone. You know, I listened to Justin Bieber's new album, Justice. And you know what? Justin Bieber, the dude, I don't give a rat's ass about that, but I don't get involved with situations like that. His life is his life. But Justin Bieber's album, Justice, I give that two thumbs up. If you if you like Justin, you're going to love it. If you don't like Justin and you listen to it blindly, I believe you will like this album. So my TV for the week was The Blacklist, and I really love the shows with no Elizabeth. But they need to move away from Red being always constantly in trouble. Red being the boss, OG, the man who can manipulate things, that's why we watch The Blacklist. And they need to know that. I watched The Family Guy. They had the Breakfast Buffet special. That was a good episode, man. And also, a documentary I watched. It was a three-part documentary from the BBC. It calls Trump Takes on the World. And it was a very good documentary. It let you know some behind-the-scenes stuff, how some world leaders thought about him, how some ex-employees thought about him. I mean, you could see... It's a funny thing. If you know what a dominant handshake is, 90% of the people who he ever shook hands with, if you see pictures, he's being dominated by them. They are using the dominant handshake on him because what he tries to do is do the dominant shoulder touch. But most people know what he's doing, so they return the shoulder touch back. You have to look that up. I mean, if it's not a part of your world, see, the dominant handshake was a part of my world because I was a salesman. It's one of the first things that you learn in sales is to give a dominant handshake where you actually turn your palm over their wrist. And this way you control them and you do it subtly without them basically knowing it. This Is Us was outstanding. They had the Mother Issues episode. That's what I'm calling it. Mother's Issues episode. Young Rock was good. It dealt with him in being in the University of Miami playing football and getting injured. Bob Hart loved, I mean, Bob Hart's Addy Shola was a very good episode, too, also dealing with mother issues. The Walking Dead, I loved the Princess episode. I like that we got to know a little bit about Princess and that Princess is maybe crazy, for lack of a better term. She's got some PTSD issues at the very least, so I did enjoy that. Now, some stuff that's upcoming. On March 27th, Tina on HBO Max. And Tina is Tina Turner, people. I am there for that. Nat Geo is doing a eight-parter on Aretha. It's a part of their Genius franchise, which uh, I believe was Pablo Picasso and Albert Einstein with season ones and season two. So... I'm, I'm all there for Aretha. This is not the movie. This is Nat Geo's eight-parter series, Genius. It's acted out, so it's, uh, it's like watching a film, but long form. And last night, HBO started 
into the storm. Cue into the storm, which is a six-part documentary about QAnon. I am all there for that also. I'm just putting that in your uh, ear. Like I said, once again, Tina, 27th. Aretha starts last night. Q started last night, but you can probably get them all on demand if you like. Congratulations to Matt Jones for winning the Honda Classic. That's golf, people. I watch golf, as you know. Strange talk with Doc. You know I'm a golf nut. The 40-year-old man, this is only his second win on the PGA. Just let you know that you ain't got to be a baby to win sometimes. You get seasoned, and you get better as you get seasoned. So congratulations to him. So March Madness has kicked off, man. And I feel bad for the VCU program because they lost their game due to COVID-19 protocol. So it was a no contest. The win was given to Oregon. So Oregon advanced. I mean, there was some shocking wins. Abilene Christian beat Texas. Ohio State, I mean, Ohio beat Virginia. Paul Roberts beat Ohio State. And then they wound up winning again last night to get to the Sweet 16. Rutgers beat uh, Rutgers, Oregon State, and Paul Roberts had their first wins in 38, 39, and 44 years. North Texas had their first win ever in the history. And Loyola of Chicago has reached the Sweet 16 again after like three years ago, see, going to the Final Four. So Sister Gina's team is still rocking and rolling, and I'm glad to see Sister Jean is still out there with us. Uh, if you want to see some shocking upsets, the NCAA tournament is like real-life drama, and I appreciate it every year, and I really enjoy it. Now, I'm not going to speak much on this because I don't do rumors, I don't do gossip, and I don't do innuendo. I try to stay as clear away from that. But Deshaun Watson is the news. He is the news of the sports world to a certain degree. And I really feel, I don't know what I feel. Until more information comes out, I don't know what's what. So I won't make any judgments. Now, as this thing closes out and it goes forward, and we get some concrete stuff, if there's a trial, if there's an arrest, he is suspended by the NFL or anything like that, we will talk more about it. But if you want to look into Deshaun Watson and already make a judgment off his tweets, press conference, that's on you. I don't feel comfortable doing that, so I won't do it. So Gronk re-signed with the Buccaneers for one year. Brady has signed an extension with the Buccaneers. Cam re-signed with the Patriots. Nelson Aguilar is now a Patriot. He had the UFC had the Derek Brunson, Kelvin, Kevin Holland card this week. This was a freebie on ESPN. It was a very good card as far as I'm concerned. I found it very entertaining. I thought Holland was handled quite easily by Derek Brunson on the mat. I mean, it was ridiculous how easy he was handled on the mat. And not just that, he had this uh, Maserat. I forget her last name. But she handled uh, Miss Boz. Very easy. She put her in a headlock, which was something I'd never really seen done before. She kept a woman in a headlock for almost nine minutes. All three rounds, she would get her, 
put in a bulldog headlock and just drop it to the ground and control it from there. So, and then they seem to have a lot of bad blood after the fight. I wish that they would have been able to extend all the energy that they needed during the battle, but it doesn't happen like that sometimes. This weekend, we got a pay-per-view. Stipe Milicek is fighting in Ghana. It's their second fight. Milicek won a unanimous decision last time they fought. On this card, you're going to have Tyron Woodley. You're going to have Sugar Shane O'Malley, Alonzo Minifield, Gillian Roberts, Jessica Pena, Palmer Worthy. So that should be a good card. And that is this Saturday coming up. It's a pay-per-view card, so this is not a freebie. I want to say a get well. If, if it's humanly possible that a miracle could happen for Sean Bradley. You remember Sean Bradley? He was a seven foot six dude. He used to play at BYU and he played most of his career with the Dallas Mavericks. He was supposedly paralyzed in, when a car crashed into his bicycle in Utah. And I'm wishing him, his family, the very best. You don't ever want to hear that about anybody. LeBron James is out indefinitely. He suffered a high ankle sprain. Now the Lakers are in a bit of trouble. There's no Anthony Davis. There's no LeBron James. And they really never had a third person to rely on that they could go to as a closer, scorer. So they might actually fall down in the rankings, especially if they both continue to be out, say, three, four weeks. Hopefully both AD and LeBron will be back and in some form of shape by the time the playoffs kick off. Because, it, you know what? The Lakers have been balling out, and, and to have them not be a contender all of a sudden, would be it would be hurtful to the game of basketball. LaMelo Ball broke his wrist, and he is out for the rest of the season. I thought he was having an outstanding rookie year. He has proved that LeVar Ball knows at least something what he speaks of because LaMelo is a solid NBA ball player. I've seen him being around for a long time, barring injury. He's a seems to be a quality kid, not a lot of noise. You don't hear anything about him off the court. He seems to love the game of basketball. He plays it properly. So I'm a fan of LaMelo. I don't hold his father against him. I wish him nothing but success. I'm not a I'm not a Hornets fan. I'm a Spurs fan, but you know, that's just the way it goes. I'm going to give you the games that I think are the outstanding basketball games of the week, and we're going to get out of here. Tuesday, the Lakers play the Pelicans, but once again, there's no LeBron, there's no AD, but you do have Zion Williams. So if for those who still are watching to see him develop, you got him. The Heat plays the Suns. The 76ers play the Warriors. The Nets play the Trailblazers, which should be outstanding. Wednesday, we got the Celtics versus the Bucks. That should be a good game. And you also have the Nets versus the Jazz. The Clippers play my Spurs. Thursday, you got the Trailblazers versus the Heat. The Clippers versus the Spurs. That is always interesting to see Kawhi Leonard come back to play his former team, the San Antonio Spurs. The 76ers play the Lakers once again. No Embiid, no AD, no LeBron, but still enough of a game that means something should be able to hold your attention. Friday, we got the Celtics versus the Bucks again. 
Saturday, we got the 76ers versus the Clippers and the Mavs versus the Pelicans. You get a chance to see Zion go up against Luka Doncic. That should be outstanding. And Sunday, the only game that I really had on the schedule was the Suns versus the Hornets. But now that LaMelo is injured, I don't even know if that's much CTV, to be personally honest with you. But you do still have the NCAA tournament. And on Saturday and Sunday, I'm sure it's going to be a full bloom. By then, we'll be at the Elite Eight. And, you know, it just heats up as it goes. You might not know these kids now, but these might be the same kids who end up on one of your teams and help them win a championship four or five years down the line. So, you know what? This is like a, a resume. They're building a resume by also playing in this tournament. Because I've seen some kids that I already say, okay, that guy's got it. You know. But take care of your heart, man. Watch what you eat. Exercise. Exercise. You ain't got to kill yourself. I overdid it. Like I said, I'm one to admit. I wanted to be a powerlifter. I wanted to be as big as humanly possible. I got up as big as 270 at one point. I'm five foot nothing. Uh, 19 and a half inch arms. 53 inch chest and that's just too big it was too big for a person who didn't know that I had a silent enemy inside my own body and was called my heart but I, I'm not ashamed to say this because I didn't do anything wrong I didn't lead myself here it just happened sometimes in life things happen and we have to accept the fact that life throws you curveballs life throws you sliders fastballs you have to learn to hit the ball out of the park. You have to have a good demeanor. I am one of the luckiest men alive. I have a fantastic wife who stuck by me every step of the way. Anything that I ever needed, anything that I ever wanted, she provided. If it was a hand to hold, I'm not a crier. The thing about it is I went through all this. I went through all of this. I never cried because I said, you know what? It's for me. It's for me. Some things in life you just have to say, this is for me. It was meant for me. So you accept it, and that way you can move on from it. When you get the woe-ways me's, things beat you down even more than they should. You have to have the proper mind frame, because like I told you before, you might have a bunch of people that's in your corner, but as you get sicker, those people will start disappearing. There'll be like fog. As the day goes on, there'll be less and less of it. And you wind up finding yourself standing there out there by yourself, butt-ass naked, and you're wondering, where is everybody? You know what? You can grab a mirror. Your phone can be turned into a mirror. There's everybody right there looking at you, that person that you're looking at the mirror. And if you're lucky enough to have somebody in your life who's strong, loves you from beginning to end, and you mean everything to them, they will never abandon you. A person who loves you can never abandon you. You might not see them, but you will hear from them, you will feel them, they will make their presence known. And so if you don't have anybody, once again, you got doctors. You got doctors. Just reach out to me and I am there for you. I don't know what I can do for you, but I'll do the best that I can. And that's all I ever try to do, the best that I can. I want to tell you, thank you for listening. I appreciate you.
appreciate you each and every time. And I'm going to tell you like I tell you each and every time also. Peace to you people and peace to all of yours.